0: TELUS Hive is back with an entirely new edition. This time, they're focused on documentary filmmakers who have the opportunity to apply for one of 30 $50,000 grants and distribution on select TELUS platforms. The best part is that you get to make the content you want and you retain all the rights to your produced work. Very cool. Eligible projects must be Canadian citizens or permanent residents of Canada and reside in BC or Alberta. You can submit your pitch anytime between now and July 3rd, and you can find out more at storyhive.com. AATSE
1: Local 212 represents over 1,000 artists, technicians, and craftspeople working in southern Alberta's entertainment industry. In the screen industry, they service projects with budgets ranging from $100,000 to $100 million. Recent increases to local production volumes have led to increased outreach and training. They promote respectful workplaces, safety, fairness, and first-rate benefits for their members. Local 212 is open to partnering with other industry stakeholders on training and marketing initiatives. They offer an informative set etiquette course each month, which is open to all. To learn more about them, please check out their website at iatse212.com or like and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Happy podcasting!
0: No, high energy.
1: Hello. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, well, it's the morning. Yeah, of It's course. okay. Uh, yeah, uh, man, but I'm trying to fight it. Oh, okay. I just had my coffee, so I'm, uh, I'm waking up as we speak. Uh, welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast, Matt. Thank you. This, uh, as you know, this podcast is uh, you know, filled with news and tips and interviews um, from the Alberta filmmaking community. Um, and, of course, that encompasses the video and digital media. Uh, motion pictures, I think, as Joe Novak would say. Um, but we're on a mission, Matt, and our mission is to connect the community in Alberta hmm. and get filmmakers talking. Right. Um, and it's the first week of summer.
0: That's right. I, yeah. I, I, happy summer. <laughs> it's another thing that I only know because of Facebook. Yeah. Oh, really? Probably a bad thing, but oh. uh, yeah, I was on Facebook and I was like, "Oh, it's it's summer.
1: it's summer now," cool. and you know what that means for the podcast? Nothing.
0: Nothing. <laughs> we're gonna keep chugging along. Yep. Um, And, uh, yeah, just a special shout-out. Thanks to the sponsors. You heard a a new uh, StoryHive piece at the beginning of the show here. And uh, uh, it's really exciting that not only is there that new edition, but that uh, StoryHive continues to support the podcast. So we appreciate that.
1: Certainly. Uh, Okay. Well, two kind of pieces of news from the CSIF, the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers, this week. Uh, And The first is that they have a call-out. For club leaders, uh this was something that kind of came up in the slack the live slack q and a yeah,
0: it was like it was like kind of an end piece to it I think right okay, it right after or something like that but uh yeah I think yeah, I think somebody asked maybe about it like yeah clubs is is a great thing that CSF has done in the past and and I don't think has done as well lately and and <laughs> What a uh, no brainer.
1: Yeah, I Did completely agree. I know they have a screenwriting yeah, club. Screenwriting club, happens. yeah. But uh, they're looking for people to uh, create clubs uh, and and run them. And you can you can meet at the CSAF with these clubs uh, and just kind of, you know, it's a great way to, to network and to uh, just collaborate with uh, like minded filmmakers. So they are, there's some ideas that they have are potentially a fem- female. Sorry, female filmmakers meet up, uh, a film theory club, or of course a Nicolas Cage appreciation club. Of course. Naturally. It's crazy we don't have one. I know. We should. Yeah. That's, (laughs) we dropped the ball on that. Um, But of course, you know, anything that comes to mind that uh, you might be passionate about starting a club on, the CSAF is a perfect uh, vehicle to do that in partnership with. So uh, if you're interested, uh, Risa, who's the programming director there, is asking you to uh, submit a short pitch, uh, and you can send that to programming at csaf.org with your idea, uh, and they will help you get it started.
0: Yeah, so something cool uh, happened in Banff for Alberta filmmakers, and I think we've talked about it uh, a little bit. Ampia's been kind of on a mission lately, uh, and they, they literally called it that when they went to visit right. China uh, a few months ago um, with some members. And uh, just recently at the Banff World uh, Media Festival, um, the Alberta Media Production Industries Association signed a unique trilateral MOU, uh, Memorandum of Understanding, with members of the Guangdong Motion Picture Industry Association, so they have their own Ampia there called uh, GD Impia, so it's close.
2: Uh, this
0: was on Monday 11th, and uh, the signing yeah. took place at the Fairmont Banff Springs as part of the Doing Business with China panel at 10 a.m. introduced by Alberta's Minister of Culture and Tourism, Ricardo Miranda. Uh, we retweeted or reposted it on, on Instagram. Yeah. Happened? There's some more details there. Um, but uh, I, I guess Guangdong is Alberta's kind of sister province with China, and um this is meant to just make business uh, and doing business easier uh, between Alberta and China. And we're kind of in a unique position uh, as far as I know. you know, North America in general um, doesn't necessarily have a conduit like this that I'm aware of. I think, or at least we're just lucky to be in Alberta. Maybe we're one of the few places that have this kind of um, working relationship. So uh, if you've got something that you think might work with the Chinese market, or maybe you'd like to shoot in China, or maybe you have a product that uh, could Across the border, um, this could be a way of making that happen. So, uh, I'm sure you can find out more at ampia.org.
1: I'm sure you can. Um, yeah, it's a it's a huge opportunity for filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, so, there was a short film made in Alberta called Greg, uh, Greg's, or sorry, Falling Through the Cracks, Greg's Story, and it's a it's a based on the medical case of the late Greg Price. Um, and that film has been used as a teaching tool uh, throughout Alberta, specifically in the healthcare system. And the organization behind that short film called Greg's Wings uh, has launched an online initiative, and that's called um, Co-Pilot Collective. And that's where people can share personal experiences, questions, and ideas. And their whole their whole aim is to kind of reform Alberta's healthcare system. Uh, so they got they actually got a story in the Huffington Post about this. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So. Um, really cool initiative definitely something to check out uh and you can you can find a link to that article in the show notes and uh we'll be following the story and we'll let you know when that's kind of live and ready to go
0: awesome and if you're hearing this uh episode before uh saturday the CSIF agm is coming up and scott and i as we never shut up about our border our board members uh, at the csif and we need uh, people to to throw their hat in the ring i know we talked about this at one point but uh now it's crunch time so if you're a member of the CSIF. Um, I would encourage you to raise your hand or yeah. if there's still time, um, uh, submit yeah. through uh, through Barry. Um, there's a post on the CSIF website and uh, yeah, we need uh, we need more new members of the board for
1: sure. Certainly, yeah. And there are some people who uh, are not going to be running again, so there are some seats that we need to fill anyway. Um, and yeah, especially looking for diversity in, in those roles. And uh, if you think, like, I, th- I think a lot of people don't run for the board because they never really considered that they could mm-hmm. or should. Right. Um, but it's a great way to shape the CSAF, you know, in a way that you think is right.
0: I think I didn't really know what it was. I remember when we went to the AGM and we got on the board. <laughs> I was like, Oh, boy, oh, god, wait, here we go. Yeah. What does this mean? What? Do, what, what? How do I do this? Um, and that's actually part of what you know is maybe a, a problem with this board is that some of the new members are not returning. It sounds like so. Uh we don't have what uh what's the word there's a word for it. Um uh well we don't have the uh new members who are gonna turn into the more seasoned
1: over a few years. So sophomore members. Exactly, yeah,
0: yeah, like like we did. Um and it's also a bad idea, I think, for any organization to have uh terms that are too long for members. Maybe maybe come back, take a year off or something. But um you know, a lot of boards have limits on terms and we don't. So um I think there's good reason for that. So, uh, but it, it can be challenging if you don't have a, a, a kind of a new crop of members who can kind of take the lead, totally, in, as, as yeah. you uh,
1: as the older members leave. So, I um, I also need to build that yeah. into it with a one and two year. Yeah, that's true. Terms. That's right. um, I also didn't really know what the board did. Right. Yeah. What does sure. the board do? That's
0: a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and literally, uh, I guess we've talked about it, but not so specifically. If you have a problem with the CSIF, or if you'd like to see something done better at the CSIF. This is how you can affect change. Totally. You don't necessarily need to be on the board to do that, but you could take a board member for coffee and express your concern. You could come to a board meeting. Uh, These are all uh, options for you. But if you have some vision for men, I I feel like, because that's what we felt. That's what we felt, yeah. How could be doing better and how can we help you know rather than complaining and sitting there and complaining let's do something about it.
1: yeah, yeah. for sure so i mean this will be you know if, if we get elected this will be our fifth year on the board yeah um which is a long time but but i think we've seen a lot of change in that in those yeah. five years yeah. um and i'm not going to take credit for more than 90 percent of it obviously <laughs> no of course um you, you know it's a you, you meet every month and uh and you go over what's going on at the csaf mm-hmm. um and you discuss strategy and you discuss you know um, any issues that have come up that that you've heard from the community about. And, and you just kind of direct, you know, you help steer where this organization is going.
0: And you don't have to know how to like, how do I motion something? Or,
1: yeah, no, no, no of you, course you'll not. You'll
0: learn that as you as
1: you yeah. go. It's not like I was scared of that too. Yeah, it's like, sure. oh no, should I approve the agenda? And It's like just, yeah, it's okay yeah. if you don't know how to be on a board. Yeah, just
0: observe and yeah. and yeah, and some people do have board experience and we need that too. So so don't uh, don't hesitate
3: if you if certainly if you have board
1: experience. and also specifically not. Super caring if you're if you consider yourself a filmmaker, totally right? Because yeah. I mean, we have you know, we've got um, someone on the board who doesn't make films really, but he's a lawyer, mm-hmm. um, and he's passionate about the film industry. I don't know if he considers himself a filmmaker, but uh, he's on the board and uh, he's he's been a wonderful help. He's completely you know, reshaped the bylaws, yep. um, for the organization. Now he's we're working on policy, and uh, he's a, he's a fantastic asset. So if you have something, a skill set that you can bring other than filmmaking expertise. We need that too. We need that too. For sure. Anyway, that's a long-winded way of saying uh, come to the meeting on on Saturday, uh, the 23rd of June, and uh, throw your hat in the ring.
0: This was a unique conversation with Cameron Chapman, one unlike
1: we've maybe <laughs> had before. <laughs> and, and Yeah, what you wouldn't know from listening is that I, I shook his hand to meet him like two, ten seconds before right, sitting down to start this interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we got a-
0: you. Uh, you met on the Star Wars wavelength, and yeah, you, uh,
3: yeah, you seemed like old friends. <laughs> it's like high fructose with corn syrup, right? And so it's just like it's awful. Huh? It's awful. Too sweet. Maybe it's too sweet or it just tastes different. Huh. And Actually so, you're kinda
1: of right. I have yeah. I have Dr. Pepper when I'm in the States, but it's usually like a fountain version of it. Right, right, right. Yeah. And that's that's fine. I, I haven't really noticed the difference. But yeah, now that the you can mentioned it, it's probably version. a little bit less sweet up here.
3: It's much better up here. Interesting. Huh. Canadian Dr. Pepper. And they do sell that throwback or whatever. That's hard to find.
1: Right. I bought a I bought a flat of vanilla coke in the can. Yeah. Like a couple months ago and that was a big mistake. Yeah, something you got to drink it in the bottle <laughs> the can has just got that
3: coke in general in the glass bottle makes all the
1: difference oh yeah all i haven't had that in a long glass. time but you're right yeah it is and good. they sell
3: like the little six pack yeah that's glass. right yeah, yeah yeah, it's
0: great it's great stuff. Yeah, actually Britt has one from adobe max she was at the adobe max conference and uh and they were handing them out like with adobe branding on the glass
1: mm. which is pretty, oh that's cool pretty cool yeah, yeah.
0: All right, I'm going to bring up a little cheat sheet here. I didn't make any
3: notes. No, nor, nor, nor should, should you. Know. I, I didn't totally bring anything. It's
0: uh, it, that's totally how it, how it goes. And normally, I do a little more research before things get started. But why don't we just jump into it? Sure, you can. You can uh, just slap us if we don't know some obvious things. But sure, I mean. I feel like this is yet another long overdue conversation because uh, you just had a ton of success at the Calgary International Film Festival. Um, yes. But before we jump into that, yeah, uh, you and I worked together on Fargo briefly. We did, yeah. For like a couple one. weeks. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, and it was super fun. And I remember... Oh man, you and I like we're talking about this true detective show looks pretty cool, right? And it ended up being amazing. It uh, was, yeah, season that was two, like pre-season so
3: yeah. one.
0: You were like, no, truth. it's an anthology series. And I was like, what does that mean? And you were like, oh, it's, they're just gonna do one one season and it's yeah. one story and then we'll move and on. They move on. I was like, that sounds amazing. And now it's commonplace. And we were and we were doing it then with Fargo too.
3: Yeah, that's <laughs> we didn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: we, we didn't on that kind of yeah. A show. Yeah, yeah. That right.
0: so I, that was a whole new idea to me, kind of at the time, or at least to see mainstream, you know, filmmakers yeah. tackling it. Um, but how? Oh man, there's so many things. There's there's also Shoot. the Twitter account, but like let's let's start <laughs> at the beginning. How uh, how did you get into film? How did you want to do this?
3: I, I started. I went to Bishop Carroll High School. Okay, and oh, nice. uh, so I was in drama, and we did. I did improv. I did a lot of improv, and then I worked at the Loose Moose. So I did that for about five years. Okay, cool. what and, were you doing uh, there? Uh, just volunteering and performing yeah. and being oh, sweet. like, uh, you know, four foot 11 and uh, <laughs> doing my thing. I was very, very little. And then uh, and then um, a friend of mine worked on a little show called Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, oh, the TV series. Okay. This is like nineteen ninety. I auditioned for that show. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah I, was, yeah, I was a kid at the time. Oh, yeah. right on. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a fantastic show and it actually did a lot to like build this local industry because they, they put a lot of money into the barracks and they brought in a lot of people for their first like big thing. And, you know, it it was a good show with a good budget and, uh, yeah, so I, uh, I got called and they asked me to come out and help with extras So, cause I did extras casting for like three years. Okay. So my first day ever on set, I got out there. I was like 17 years old and literally it was a pool party scene at (laughs) Stanley park and it was 35 degrees (laughs) and sunny. And there was 200 girls in swimsuits and they handed me a bucket of suntan lotion (laughs) and they said, these girls are burning up. That is ridiculous. They can't turn into lobsters. <laughs> Get out there. So I was like, what am I gonna do? Work at a bank? Unbelievable. <laughs> <Yeah>. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. That's a that's crazy. I oh, mean, I've I've literally never had a non Alberta film job. Really? Right? I've never I've never worked at a coffee shop. I've never worked wow. anywhere. That's super I, rare. I literally, yeah. I was 17, 18 yeah. years old. And uh, I started doing that, and I've been doing it ever since. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, cool. So Applying suntan lotion to <laughs> um, To everybody yeah. I, anybody, see, yeah. to yeah. I see. you I'm putting it on Scott's legs right now. Uh, it's uh, the magic judge. of the
1: you're podcast. very good at it. You know, I got soft hands. <laughs> you're like those guys who who wash your windows at a stoplight. Yeah. A suntan lotion. <laughs> yes. yeah. No, no
3: obligation. No obligation.
1: Just here you go. Here's But some. honestly,
3: cancer is the enemy.
1: So... What do you you want to fight cancer? If you want to really fight skin cancer, don't (laughs) give money. Absolutely, give suntan lotion. Absolutely.
0: So, a lot of us. I mean, I mean, I think some people approach the industry just as a job, but I, but I think you also have a huge fandom. Part to you too when it comes to oh. movies and TV, right? Yes,
3: I watch, I consume a lot of right, movies, right. a lot of TV, and I'm a big, big, big Star Wars fan. Right, and I know why you're having me here today. <laughs> you want me to talk about the Star Wars prequels, it's and all here <laughs> I'm here for you. I'm here for you. We will talk about man babies and their horrible mm-hmm. uh, misinterpretations of the Force, <laughs> right? Right, and of midichlorians. I'm here for you. <laughs> Great, uh, fantastic, yeah, absolutely. I, I want to have that conversation. Exactly. We should start yeah, we a we will. new podcast
0: about that. <laughs> we will really three part <laughs> series. <Yeah.
3: laughs> And it's just me explaining <laughs> how the force works part and why one, everybody gets the it wrong. Phantom Menace. Yeah, absolutely. Part one, the first 10 minutes of The Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's uh, a big part of why I do what I do. And right. uh, when I was in grade nine, I went to like a advertising agency as my job shadow because I really, I was obsessed with ads. I wanted to make commercials. Oh, cool. And <clears throat> that was... Uh, my thing, but it was a big uh, awakening because the guy was like, basically, nobody needs anything to survive. You know, you right, need, yeah. you need like, <laughs> like you need perfect. like food, yeah, and yeah. you need a house. Yeah. You don't need nobody anything. needs this. Yeah. Our job as advertisers is to convince them that they need it, right? And I was like, well, I don't want to sell people soap, you know. Right. And and so then the idea <laughs> is that you know a movie is selling a message or an idea or a point of view or whatever so it's the same sort of thing but just at the end of the day I always wanted my product to be something creative
1: some creative endeavor did did, did you find in advertising that it was the same it was kind of the same thing where you had the most success basically communicating from your heart like you had to kind of sell yourself first did you did you learn that at all like sell yourself on the product before you um, yeah built like it into you, the ad right definitely like when you yeah. look at it it's like oh i want to i want to use this right.
3: what am i going to use it for like there i'll sit here i'll talk about dr pepper i'll talk right. about I'll, I'll plug a bunch of stuff you need to <laughs> right. watch and listen to and right. whatever because you care about it yeah you know and, and in a, in a sense you do need it in your life but do you need it no, no. right so that's why i uh
1: well, kind I mean, of shifted
3: my focus to storytelling and
1: we don't rock. not need Dr. Pepper. Though. No, you,
3: I mean, well, I mean, it's well, a good place say, to start. Yeah. I have it on an <laughs> IV trip right now, <laughs> but other than that, you know, but, um, and then I have worked on some commercials too, of course, right. uh, across this thing. And one of my first few jobs after honey, and the kids. I did two seasons of that, but I did Shanghai noon. Oh, cool. With, uh, Jackie Chan. And then, That crew kind of came in on the weekend and did uh, a bunch of commercials for the Austrian rail company. That was the first in the setting. Yeah. um, Not quite. It was like green screen, but we used like our studio space. Oh. And just because Jackie Chan is very busy and he's constantly doing something. (laughs) Right. So he would like spend his weekends doing these ads. Wow. So we kind of pumped out a bunch of ads. And I, I just remember... Because, of course, I I was blown away by the film set and the professionalism and just, like, everything that goes with, you know, working on a film. Yeah. And then to see it on the weekend at the commercial was a very different world. And even still to this day, the commercials I worked on, it's a very different vibe on commercials. And and it's still...
1: Why is that? Yeah, Yeah. tell us about that.
3: I I think it's because... It's very hard to explain, but... um, Obviously, with... uh, with a film, you have you know your director. it has got his vision. You've got right. producers that have their point of view. There's a studio. Sometimes there's a distributor. You know everybody sure. kind of has their point of view. But um, the commercials, it became a lot about the client. Mm. And so there'd be the agency, the director, the producers, right. everybody. I, I worked on a Subway commercial, um, and it was like for the Super Bowl. Like it was a big Subway ad, and. Uh, I remember I was, I was sitting with the lady that invented the way they cut the bread. Whoa! They probably don't do it, do it anymore. anymore. No, but they yeah, used to cut it like, like a V. Yeah, that V on the yeah. top. And so she was telling me the story about that and whatever. And we were watching this guy, and he was a vegetarian. Uh, so he got the job without mentioning that. But he uh-huh. had to take a big old bite of his Subway sandwich. Uh-oh. And then between takes, he had to spit it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so... Um, his sandwich was kind of getting mangled by the fact that he was trying to avoid the meat meat. in Mm -hmm. his bite. So um, I just remember like it was like take 14 of this shot and he kept doing it and spitting it in the bucket and he was getting so upset and the director was getting upset and everyone was upset and they finally got the shot and it was like, okay, we got it, cut, let's move on. And then there was like this 15 minutes waiting for approval from the client oh really Uh, and and they're all in this little tent watching it and then we all sat around waiting for like 10 minutes what's gonna happen (laughs) do we get to move on are we going into overtime and then this little like thumbs up comes out of the tent and it's like okay because there was some rogue piece of lettuce that they were you know concerned about Uh, uh, but anyway so interesting uh, I have done commercials but mainly film and and in uh, pretty much every Department. Yeah. Awesome.
1: So, so you started in extras or Starting background. In extras. Yeah. And, and when? I, yeah. What's that journey?
3: Um, extras was great. It's a great way to get in. It's great. Great way to learn too, because you kind of get to touch every department without any kind of direct responsibility to that depart, department. Oh, like, cool. You, you know, you communicate with wardrobe, wardrobe and and hair and the ADs and everybody getting them through. And then once you're on set, you know, you get to see kind of what the camera sees and what's happening. So, you know, kind of where your people are and stuff like that. And then also just from a creative standpoint, casting and getting the right people for the right stuff. And, you know, just kind of being in that mindset of a casting director and all that. So that, that was a very good experience, and then, you know, through that I met people. I ended up in locations and then ADs, and then I kind of eked out my bread and butter for years as, like, a producer's assistant, director's assistant, that kind of thing. Worked with a lot of great directors. Uh, I did go to Sate. I went to Sate. Oh, cool. Um, uh, I, had, I had worked a few years, mm-hmm. and I applied my first year out of high school, and I didn't get in because okay. I was, like— I was I was like I was four feet tall, (laughs) I was about ninety eight pounds, and um, I was seventeen. But I did take some night courses, the screenwriting course at night, and stuff, and so I did all that and I got through. And I went to Sate. When I got out of Sate, my first job was for Charles Martin Smith, uh, from like American Graffiti. Yeah, of course. He was directing a thing here called Roughing It, and uh, it was like a western about Mark Twain. Okay, so I worked as his assistant, and it went well. So I kind of for a while worked as like a director's producer's assistant kind of thing. Cool. But, uh, early on my, my, my rule was basically never turn down a job. Mm-hmm. Never say no. So I did that. Cool. I just kind of did a bunch of jobs. Interesting. I just kind of kept working.
2: Nice. Yeah.
3: And, uh, then eventually I went to the office. So now mainly I work in the office. Right, right. Yeah. Cool.
0: Uh, so what, um, I, we were talking a little bit about fandom. So what about, um, about like, like when we were working together, you, you told me about this Twitter account you'd created that was, that revolved around kind of the world of girls, the TV show girls.
3: Right. Yeah. Oh, I almost forgot all about that. I, uh, but you blew me away because
0: you had, you had become a bit of a super fan of the show and you Uh, staged these elaborate
3: photos in relation to the show, and they sent you like a they sent me a Christmas of, present, yeah, like from the show. They did well, yeah. I I was a fan of the movie Tiny Furniture, yeah. which was uh, Lena Dunham's first sure. thing, and and uh, yeah, definitely. I I uh, I was excited about Girls coming out because sure. I liked a lot of the people involved, yeah, and uh, and I liked the idea of that kind of mumblecore kind of a show, right, and uh, and especially on HBO, right, because something like that. Um, uh, you couldn't really do anywhere else, right. I don't think. So um, I was very glad that that was happening. And um, in one of the first episodes, one of the characters, Shoshana. Um, was making a vision board. yeah, And I thought that that was a hilarious idea of like what would be on her vision board. Right. So I made a Twitter account, which I have not updated <laughs> in a long... Well, since the show ended. Right, um, right. And it was just all the things that would be on Shoshanna's uh, vision board. <laughs> I just and, thought it was brilliant. Yeah, and it got <laughs> a lot of attention from them immediately. Yeah, they yeah. were very excited. And um, there was... Every, I called it the Lena Dunham bump. Every now and then she would...
0: Like retweet yeah. yeah, or
3: something and then suddenly i'd get like a thousand followers right, right. It and it would it would yeah but um i stopped doing it when the show ended okay and i never revealed that it was me <laughs> oh no am um, i, no, am I breaking the news to my friend obviously yeah. everyone here knew but right, like right. on uh, on that uh
0: you were just an anonymous i was just Twitter an anonymous right.
3: except <laughs> they knew because they uh they said they, sent right, a they message got the And uh, I chatted with them a bit and the producers, Um, but I I never, uh, I should have said like, oh, you know, my name's Cameron Chapman and you can follow my real account. (laughs) That
0: might have been uh, good for
3: your personal brand. Yeah, but I don't really care. Right. That's not really. um, last thing I want on Twitter is more followers (laughs) (laughs) listening to my (laughs) stupid things. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I. I thought it would be funny as a creative writing thing to uh, kind of put myself in the mind of a 20-year-old right, for sure. Jewish for sure. girl. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe I am at heart. Right, yeah. Jewish girl. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: I can't remember any of the tweets, but they were great. I I yeah. And and oh, obviously I can't remember any, but obviously they got on Lena's radar and, and for, you know, the creator of the show to, to, to feel like they were in the world enough or funny enough to
3: You know, yeah. and there was one moment where I felt like the the account um, uh, influenced the show. It, really, uh, one wow. tiny moment. Okay. Because first of all, Shoshana wasn't supposed to be a regular character on the show. Oh, okay. After the pilot, she was supposed to just kind of come and go. Okay. And then she kind of became one of the regulars. Right. Uh, but that's because of uh, Sasha of Mamet and and how amazing she was. Right. Sure. And uh, and I think that. Um, people immediately caught on that like wait a minute this is like the millennial golden girls so you kind of needed right. the four right um, you well, i of,
0: i heard yeah right yeah. I, but i i naturally thought sex in the city
1: but like for the millennial Oh, right, right. yeah yeah. yeah.
3: Like, exactly yeah it's it's sort of the sex and the city
1: is more of like a gen x and then millennials yeah, wow. right over I'm in manhattan we're in brooklyn Super over old
3: yeah. <laughs> so i'm gonna talk about the golden girls <laughs> right, again <laughs> as much as possible <laughs> Um, it and, might be a formula. Yeah, I'll Forward. talk about their connection to the Phantom Menace. <laughs> All right, later, perfect, but, great, great. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so the um, there for some reason I decided in my uh, Shoshana's board that she was going to be really into math. Okay. Um, because they never really said what she did as a as a as like, a for a living or school, or school. Or whatever. Right, yeah. she was in school. She was in school. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, and so I I just remember making like like a dozen tweets in a row where I mentioned math, and right. how, like way into math. She was okay, for okay. some reason. <laughs> this is really stretching my mind grapes. I can't <laughs> remember what happened. Okay. But, uh, then early in the following season, like what they would have been shooting at the time that the board was really going. Right. Uh, she just had some off handed comment that she was a math major or something. Really? Yeah. There was some wow. moment where I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's amazing. So well, where's my residual <laughs> <cherry>? <laughs> You have to find out one day. You need day. writing
0: credit. Oh, hey. You have to talk to Apatow or something at some point and find out if that's what happened. And he'll be like,
3: what's Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who are you? Go home.
0: Uh, he does creepy. use Twitter a lot to bash Trump right now. Oh, good. Um, oh, good. I'm, so I'm glad
3: someone's using it
0: for yeah. something. <laughs> wow. So let's talk about this film. Okay. That did so very well at the yes. Calgary International. What was the title? It was called "Suck It Up." Suck it up, right? Suck it up.
3: Um, it was all over the festival. It was, and it, it, it was very. Um, it was a nice honor. It got to close the festival as part of the closing right, gala. Right, right. And um, it's an amazing little movie. And I'm I, I, me and the sixteen other people that made it yeah. are, are very, very proud of it. As you should be. Yeah. It. Um, You know, I got the call from um, two producers in Halifax, Mark and Jason, and um, they said, we're coming out to Invermere to make this movie. Okay. And they said, we heard your name from this total scumbag, named Matt Waterworth, who will
0: not work with us so when you mentioned this when we when we first chatted about this a long time ago yeah and i was like who did i connect you with this is this is those I guys those i do remember, I remember these guys yeah i was like i don't even okay so this okay, actually yeah. so i am like you you're, not actually just, are you're not just are joking when you say <laughs> no, no
3: no i was like uh, how did i end up in this story yeah and it was a weird thing because i had worked solid for, like, without a day off for about six years. I bet. And because I did Hell on Wheels right from the pilot, all five seasons. In the middle right. of that, I did Fargo. We should have talked about Revenant. that because you're kind of
0: part of a group, a team that moved from Fargo to Hell on Wheels to, like, uh, I guess Winona now? Is it Winona, sort of the same team? Yeah, yet?
3: it's kind of the team is kind of mixed up a bit. Now, sure, but, sure. But I've I managed to stay very busy for a very <laughs> long sure, time. I'm sure. I'm sure. And it was good. I, I love it. I mean, like I said, I've never worked in any other industry. So if you gave me a Four-hour workday at a mall. I'd I'd be like, what am I going to do with the other eleven hours <laughs> right. of the workday? Um, but um, yeah, so I you know I'm used to working, and and uh, at the beginning of that year, I just I I didn't. Um, keep going like I kind of had this oh you had a I had this like break wow like what unexpected and then I did uh, the underworld one of the underworld movies the vampire oh yeah thing. the shot here yeah it was like a unit shoot oh. we did it up in the mountains and I had no was idea it just kind of a short run wow and I just kind of got back from the mountains and I was just kind of deciding what am I going to do next you know ring yeah. yeah and then literally I was at the park with my kids and Jason called and okay and um, they said we're coming out to Invermere it's a movie written for Invermere. Um, the two actresses are also the executive producers. They 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 purposely wrote this movie to take place at her cabin in Invermere. Wow, cool. and It's about you know um, grief, and and they're gonna go out and we're gonna shoot it in the mountains. It's gonna be great, and I was like all in because first of all I. I did that every year of my life. Right. We we went out to Fairmont and here, and, right. and it's such a Calgary thing. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm sure, like in Toronto, there's their little. They escape, have the cottage. They have their Jerry. cottage. We've got the yeah. cabin in Alberta. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all right. you know. Everybody yeah. kind of has that thing. So it's a very universal feel to be like, uh we're in a rough spot. Let's go to our happy place. Maybe that will solve our problems. And. Um, Jason said that, uh, they had a director named Jordan Canning from Newfoundland and that it was all part of this women in the director's chair Uh grant, which a friend of Mark's had won the previous year or a few years prior. And he heard about this grant and he called her up and she said, apply for this grant because they do so much to help you make your movie. Right. And he was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And so he called Jordan, who he had gone to school with, and they applied for the grant, and they won it. Wow. And um, so they came out here, you know, shoestring budget. Yeah. Basically, because of the grant, all the equipment was kind of on coupons. And, wow. And uh, so much support from Whites and and, and uh, Tattersall Sound and right. all these things that that, you know, a normal half a million dollar budget movie couldn't have necessarily sure. touched all this stuff right, but right. this movie just kind of had this uh, advantage in that right, sense. Right. And the sense and and uh, the story was great and they came out here and we put together a great crew of local people a lot of independent people but some uh, union people right. and and we had permission from the unions and um i think i think it was like a total like we did lunch for 17 Right, like it was like sixteen wow. or seventeen people. That's every cool. Day. That's cool. Our camera department was three people. Right, yeah. Our art department was three people, yeah. and that was <laughs> props and set deck, and yeah. you know, amazing people. And um, and yeah, we we got it made. And
1: how many days did you shoot? Oh man, ish,
3: uh, ish. I'd say eighteen. Okay, eighteen to twenty, something like that. I'd, I'd have to look exactly. I know we did two days back in Calgary um, when we got back. Um, mostly at the cabin, but we got to go all around Invermere and kind of hit all those, like the candy store, the Valley uh, Valley alley, bowling mm. alley and you know, right, all right. these little like Invermere landmarks. Like the
1: you Sand know. Hill.
3: And uh, yeah, the yeah. hoodoos yeah. and all that. And again, amazing support from Invermere, from the town of Invermere. Of course, like yeah. they got there and they got invited to city council meetings. <laughs> and the, the mayor was like, you want me to shut down any road? I'll shut down <laughs> oh the road. My God, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. Uh, the, yeah. <laughs> The guy from the newspaper was on set every day. Almost, right, right. And, you know, just, <laughs> it was great. amazing. And we got one of the golf courses to do the catering. And it was just like such a nice atmosphere. And I have to say, and you're going to hear this name a lot, Jordan Canning, is the best director I've ever worked with really? in my life. Like the most prepared, the most professional, the most on top of it. It was Mind blowing, and I've worked with You've worked some, some, some big some directors, very big directors, <laughs> yeah. and um, most of them are totally faking. It. No, no, <laughs> no but uh, Charles but Jordan, Martin Smith, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. Um, but no, they uh, um, she was just amazing, and cool. they, and and the cast was amazing, and they knocked it out of the park, and they made this beautiful little movie. And uh, it's available on iTunes. Awesome. And uh, yeah, it it did. It had some great success. It opened at Slam Dance. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, holy. uh, uh, It's premiere was Slam Dance in Park City, Utah. Amazing. And it won an award in um, Europe. And I'm blanking on the name of the festival because it's not named after the town. Or like it, but I think it was somewhere in Germany. Okay, and it was this interesting festival that they won best feature film. Awesome. And then, um, yeah, stop saying they though. Aren't
0: you like? Aren't you one of the producers? Like, I I was
3: the production manager (laughs) and an associate producer. Okay, cool, uh, cool. we we Yay. we we, won. we made a beautiful movie. We did we it. We won. We did, oh we did it. There's oh my God! There's so many people I want to. Thank. It's just an honor. Um, it's just an honor to first win. First of all, there's no God. Uh, so um, only I'm only move the force. On from that, but uh, yeah, I want to thank Natalie Portman. for yeah. showing up. So,
0: but but tell us a little bit more about that style of shooting. I mean, it, it's kind of an interesting. Like, it's not super micro budget, and you've got access to kind of in kind right. stuff. What did you shoot on?
3: What like what was the what was the camera Camera. Yeah. Oh boy. Um. I believe it was a red. Okay. If I'm getting that wrong, uh, Wojtek will be very mad at me. <laughs> um. And it's uh. It was the DOP was Guy Godfrey. Okay. Who was amazing. He did he did the movie Love Song.
2: Yeah. I feel with, like I know his um, name.
3: Yeah. Um. Elvis's granddaughter. Oh. Riley cool. Keough. Wow. And um. I, I want to say Jenna Maloney maybe hmm. one. Um. It, it was a beautiful movie. A little slow, but I like slow and pretty. So it cool. was. Uh, it was right up my alley and then he did the movie in um uh newfoundland with ewan mcgregor or sorry um ethan hawk ethan hawk newfoundland. in
1: newfoundland uh small town newfoundland yeah yeah, yeah.
3: or nova scotia maybe Halifaxy. ish uh, not a clue i'll give you a good edit point here <laughs> perfect and then you can look it up <laughs> um but he did that and and uh you know prior to doing suck it up, he was going back and forth with us in Ireland doing post on that. Oh, wow. Um, but he is, you know, just one of those light touch, perfect natural lighting kind of guys. And, you know, he held the camera most of the time himself and, uh, and, uh, And required very minimal crew, very minimal lighting. Right, right. And so even though we had lighting, Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I've not done a lot of independent stuff. Most of the things I work on are, you know, big union things with with lots of uh, budget behind it. So I'm used to, especially DOPs, wanting to throw money at problems, you know, and- (laughs) <laughs> the idea that um the idea that you could uh you know um solve problems with good ideas that's, right I and mean, that's how we run our office right yeah, we cool, like to cool. solve problems with good ideas instead of money right right so uh, that that's there's a nice draw to independent film and, and the kind of stuff you guys do and yeah, yeah. and there's the kind of stuff that's happening more and more around calgary
1: because yeah. it
3: wasn't happening for long periods of time it's true yeah 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 so it's it's uh good to see. Nice. Yeah.
0: So here is a, uh, is a challenge that I think a lot of people who work in, um, in our industry, but aren't, aren't like, are just trying to make their own films. Um, but are also trying to, you know, pay the bills and survive and work, you know, work in film. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I worked on Heartland for, for a season and, and a little bit of, uh, of, you know, uh, Klondike for a little bit and Interstellar for, for a couple of days. And, uh, and it's, it, it's so draining,
3: like it's yeah. so hard. It's a little all encompassing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: And even, I mean, even, even when it's hiatus or, or weekends, you've got to do life stuff, right? Like you've, right. Got, you've got to go to Absolutely. the bank and you've got to like survive and take care of the rest of your world.
2: Yeah.
0: How, how did you, I mean, was it just that, that timing thing that ended up working out or how do you, how do you do both? I guess is the question.
3: Well, for me, um, there, there's a funny little, my dad always says, my dad's like an engineer and a scientist. And he always kind of says, uh, 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 Newton's third law of thermo, thermal dynamics, uh, body in motion tends to stay in motion. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, that's sort of how my life has gone. Where like, um, like I, I'm a writer, I write scripts, I've written short films, I've written features. Almost every single one of them I wrote while I was working. Because right. in your downtime, right. like for instance, now I'm off right now. What have I written in the last two weeks? <laughs> right. Nothing. Right. Um, but uh, when you're working and when things are happening, it's a lot of the reason why I shifted off of set and into the office. Yeah, uh, I really do like the office and um, I like the vibe and, and the hours. And I like uh, um, you know, when you get a long prep and then you get the shoot and then you get a long wrap, it kind of makes for a more – um, substantial work run, you know, and it's worked out great jumping from show to show with very little overlap or downtime because you do get these long runs. And, uh, so I found going to the office, I was able to focus a little bit more on my family. Mm -hmm. I've got wonderful wife and two great kids. And I, you know, I, I, um, was able to like be home maybe not for dinner but after dinner sure you know i'm home for bedtime (laughs) right right, right. you know and things like that whereas on set you're a little bit more locked into your shooting hours right and then um also you have those moments those downtime moments especially our office we're big on we're trying to really digitize our whole process and automate our as much as we can and We're making big leaps and bounds in that. Cool. And um, so, you know, any moment where you have your downtime, you're in front of a computer. You're there. You can be thinking about your next script. You can be writing down an idea. You're in a room with people that love movies and want to talk about movies and watch movies. And so you can be like, oh, this is what was great. And this was what was great. And have you seen this? And so it kind of keeps those filmmaking juices flowing and then you know when the, you get these opportunities on these you know smaller things you kind of get that sense of like we can do this like right. we can we can kind of you know keep writing keep working keep sure. doing our thing yeah cool yeah
0: that's great uh, but but you were able to make this film just because you, you ended up having a, a break like you were yeah
3: i was off and yeah. um uh and then i was um you know, it was probably you, we did a nice long prep, right? And uh, again, that was part of the reason why Jordan impressed me so much is that when she went out there, um, they were rehearsing, they were prepping, they were they were extremely prepared by the time the cameras started rolling. Okay, cool. And um, they weren't sitting at an office somewhere in Calgary; they went out to the cabin. Luckily, they had access to it. Yeah, you're right. And, and had the
1: actors and yeah, yeah, and they had the
3: actors. <laughs> that the, helps. And they really worked it, and that. That script went through a a few kind of um, only a couple, but major changes because, um, you know, they saw it at first as a a comedy. It was this funny movie. And then when Guy saw it, he's like, no, 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 no. There's something very dramatic going on here. And so he really like worked on that. Hmm. And then in the end, you know, when I was on set and we were watching stuff go down, I was like, this movie's... Heavy, like there's some moments right. in this where you're like boy what is you know this is a this is heavy subject matter and, right. stuff. and i wasn't sure where the comedy would come but then in the edit and in the final product there's these great comedic moments right. and so it it, it kind of does walk that line of like um you know comedy and 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 drama, and drama
1: as I, th- I think any grief kind of subject matter should right because right. that's like that's grieving as well you get those moments of laughter and stuff.
3: And, and best friends. Yeah, too. exactly. These yeah. two are, you know, they're best friends and, and that's kind of how that comes to be. Cool. And then, um, yeah, so it was great to kind of have that, that moment in time where I could really, like, we could really focus on it. We could have a good prep. Right. And then they had a nice long um, post-production, um, too, where they got really great music. And, uh, the editor was on set for a lot of oh, cool. shooting. She came out here, uh, Simone and she, uh, um,
0: I think she's been on the podcast because she, we played the women behind the lens panel at yeah. Calgary international. Oh, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, yeah.
3: she's great. And she, she was working, um, you know, like she was cutting scenes while we were wow, shooting cool. and, and, nice. uh, and then I think she did, she was allowed that kind of extra time afterwards to really get it right. Cool. And, and uh, a lot of it was, you know, maybe we didn't have a studio breathing down our neck right, to right, right. Uh, meet a date. Although we did have deadlines because there was festivals the and, and stuff, Yeah, absolutely. Sure, sure. But I, I just really feel like um, Mark and 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 all the um, producers involved. We had about eight producers, right? Maybe, and a lot and a lot of them women, mm-hmm. which was great. Like um, there were so many women in great positions on that film and and actually i'll say that about the local alberta industry yeah in general i've always been very proud of how many women we have working in this industry in every department right right? yeah and it's it's always been kind of inspiring and so to work on something that has that like women in the director's chair behind it right and really push forward a lot of great people and great cast. And and it's, it's a story written by women yeah, for women, about women, yeah, yeah. directed by a woman, directed by a woman, written by a woman. Like it really, they, they, they really knocked out of the park in that sense. That's great. And especially at this time in our history, I think that they, they're doing uh, good stuff. Cool. Yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, getting back to that, uh, that idea of um, trying to work, like, do you think it's? Do you think it's? Like, I, 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 worry that people feel like if I go and work on a series or, or a movie that comes to town, yeah. And I, you know, save up some cash, and maybe I want to make a short film, and I want to take you know a month off in the in the summer, which can be dangerous. uh Am I going to have a job to go back to? Do you think that's? Right.
3: Yeah, that's a that's a, a good concern, and I think people will have it, and that's the balance, right? That's the dance you do, where it's like. Do I say no to a job? Like right. I just recently turned down a job, which is my number one rule: <laughs> right, right. don't turn down a job. But right. I, but I did because um, there, it, there's a bit of like a, a timing dance, and that's part of being freelance. Right. I mean, in a sense, it's part of being a contractor mm-hmm. or whatever. In a sense, the um, the issue is no, the job's not going to disappear. Like there's always going to be another show. Sure. But you're right. There are these kind of little teams that get built mm-hmm. and uh, depending on what you do and, and you don't want to miss opportunities and stuff like that. But, you know, um, I've collected a lot of bad advice over the years. And, and uh, part of it is because I, I I like to learn through like failure. Sure. I think you can learn more from like failing. Completely agree. I mean, I went to Bishop Carroll. We, we know all about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, everybody. Just wanted to take a quick second from this amazing electric conversation with uh, Cam Chapman to talk to you about the Calgary Film Centre. The Calgary Film Centre is in Southeast Calgary, and it's a world-class screen-based production facility, suitably equipped and serviced so that you can execute your next project with ease. They have 50,000 square feet of purpose-built sound stages, and they have 25,000 square feet of multi-purpose warehouse and workshop spaces. Uh, Of course, all of this complemented by their anchor tenant, William F. White, who is Canada's oldest and largest provider of professional motion picture, television, digital media, and theatrical production equipment. At the Film Center, their aim is to deliver production support for local, national, and international screen industry projects in a purpose-built venue that is designed specifically to service individual client needs, and of course they offer uh, programs to engage and support innovation and excellence in the film and television industry. You can find out more about the Film Center at com, and I strongly encourage you to check it out and see what's going on.
3: The idea uh, that you can uh, um, you know, like Somebody told me once, well, if you ever want to make your own movies, don't ever work. In, in for someone film else, yeah, 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 Don't yeah. ever do just right. do your own thing. Right. I don't know why they talk like this. They always but that's do how Bad they advice. Talk. People with bad advice. That's, they talk like this. That Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Yeah. So you can you always tell numbers. it's bad advice. Like that's why i And my that's, and so I always kind of collected that. as mm. like, oh, here's a good piece of bad advice. I'm gonna watch this guy fail. Right. And um, the he's doing great. I'm sure. I, I don't. I, I, in I can't New remember York. who was. New York. Though. He was just a yeah. guy. Yeah. He lives in Brooklyn. He's he's got a he's got a little brownstone, but. The idea that that you can't do this while surrounding yourself with good people mm. is ridiculous, right? Because that's what you do when you work in this industry. You 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 learn something every day mm. by these people that are around you, and and we've got amazing people here. And is I, I said the same thing about going to Sate. Sate is only as good as the people you're there with, for sure, right? For sure. And my particular year, great people, mm-hmm. and you know, unbelievable. And so we were always kind of doing things. Um, so yeah, uh, the first short film that I, that I wrote with any kind of success I got, because I was working on little house on the Prairie Mm. and a couple of the guys working there were like, Hey, we want to shoot something out here because we've got this location. Yeah. Write us something. Cool. So I wrote them something and they shot it and amazing. And, uh, you know, being again, like even in the office, surrounded by people that care about movies, want yeah. to make movies, yeah. never a bad thing. Right. So um, yeah, there's 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 you know, some validity to saying, well, if I want to do my own thing, I should go all into that. Right. And do my own thing. Right. Absolutely. Sure. Like and there's so many that's one thing where, you know, I've worked in this industry for twenty years. Um and that's one thing that I know nothing about is that like pursuit of like grants and like Mm, the things that you guys do great of like applying for all this stuff and and that's kind of foreign to me because i've always just sort of had a job right i've always been working (laughs) and and you know um in that kind of union world Mm -hmm. um but the idea that hey there's there's opportunities out there and there's courses and there's all these things there's csif and all these great um things that you can join with these people absolutely and a little bit as a writer because i'm i'm still kind of in that independent world as a writer um again meeting up with writers and stuff you start to see that hey there's a lot of people here that care about the same thing right and and so you're gonna find that on set and you're gonna find that in the indie world sure and the the idea is surround yourself with good people
0: yeah right yeah
3: how do you find them how do I find good Yeah, how people? do you find the have good
0: people? Have you found <laughs> any yet? I'm still looking. <laughs> Many, but there's not really yeah, I, I mean other there's than There's not
1: like a good people database, like a buyer. No, no,
0: and it's like you have to get on set with yeah. with people or get in the office with people and 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 find that out firsthand and, and unfortunately that can be an expensive way to learn who's a good, but good people <laughs> I yeah. good. People also know good people.
1: Yeah. Right. Like sure, I could, I sure. could ask cam who's a good first AD and he I've might never know. met
3: one. Well, okay. So <laughs> no, just <an> example, <laughs> that just example. <laughs> no, no, we have great people. We have great people in this industry, in, sure. especially for in sure. Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Alberta's funny because it's gone through enough of those slow moments, right. like enough of those downtimes, and people will—some you know, people will have like an, uh, a chip on their shoulder about it. Like, oh, in Vancouver, they're making all these movies. Sure, they are. Yeah. But we've stayed busy. There's a lot of good stuff here. The um, the truth of the matter is, the amount of those little slow times have done a great job of like weeding out the people right. the ones that aren't here for the right reason right or they're not quite right for it the people that stuck through it and really want to be here you you don't work in this industry unless you really love want to it unless you the, need to yeah yeah absolutely and <laughs> yeah and um it's so it's so easy to go somewhere else and mm. get another job and mm-hmm. go make lots of money and <laughs> yeah. bring oil up out of the ground or sure. whatever you do sure. that if you're here and you're working in alberta you you are doing it because you're a good at it and b you love it right 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 so mm.
0: okay so that's kind of where we're at so what if somebody wants to to get working on some of the big shows that you, that you work on what's the what's the first step to that
3: well well I would say like whenever somebody says oh yeah I've got a nephew that wants to work yeah, in film yeah I always tell them first things first go to the unions kind of figure out which unions represent which departments right and um, kind of decide where you want to be. Uh, you don't have to decide right off the bat. You can join up as a permittee with all of them or whatever. Um, sometimes I say just uh, be a background. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. Just because it gets you out on set, mm-hmm. gets you out where it's happening. You'll find very quickly. You'll look and you'll go, "Oh, what are those guys doing? What's that girl doing? Like, oh, that's interesting. Right, all right. Um, you know, there's, there's something here. They'll, if you really want to do it, something, there's something. There, there'll be something that'll jump out at you. Right, and you'll right. go, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's." that's where I want to be. That's a great idea because a great, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of downtime as an as extra a BG. And yeah, as, yeah. as a BG, it's a little tricky because you can't really stop and ask questions because right, right. they, they, yeah. they don't really do that, but you'll get out there and, sure, yeah, and yeah. you get an idea. Yeah. And then, he's drinking his Dr. Pepper. This, this Dr. Pepper break brought oh you by Coca-Cola. Oh my God. <laughs> that was so good. Um, uh, and then the other thing is just to, you know, um, get into those offices and bring a right. resume in and um, just say you're willing to help, Cool, willing to get out there. And we've hired a lot of people that are, you know, even, um, you know, like we can't take on volunteers or whatever, but they just say, let me know if you ever need a hand right, in anything. Right. And yeah, we'll, yeah. You know, like some of my weirdest jobs when I first started, it was a uh, no one's going to want to do this. Let's call
1: Cam. We've we've heard your first story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Why would you want to do this? Why would you want
3: to get out there? But um, uh, I got asked one time, they were doing a river scene on a show called Caitlin's Way. And um, it was kind of like a tough a girl from out east who's yeah, getting in trouble. So they send her out here. It was a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with horses. Okay. They sent her out here, and she could, uh, you know, live with her aunt and and learn about respect through raising horses. and stuff. Build character. Yeah, build character and get, <laughs> you know, stop, you know, with her troubled ways. Right. And so they were doing a scene where she had to be in the river. Okay. And so then the day before that, they asked us to set up a hot tub on the side of the river, on the side of the highway somewhere out (laughs) in the middle of nowhere. So they're like, no one's got going to do this. Let's call camp. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I went out there. Yeah. I went out there at like 4 a.m. And met some guy. Wait, wait and why do they need a hot tub? So like, like as warm a warm-up up. Yeah, place? it's like oh, a warm-up. Okay, so you okay. set up the hot tub, so then when they Got get it. out of the river, Got they it. get in the hot tub, they warm up. And then they back like,
1: into the river again? Back into the river oh, again. that's brutal.
3: Yeah, and um, <laughs> she died of shock. I bet, she yeah. It well. yeah, there was yeah, never well. a third season. It was that's a risk for everyone. We knew that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you do it for the film. That's right. But Suffer for your art. Uh, yeah, I met this guy delivering a hot tub out in the middle of the woods, <laughs> and he and he was suspect of the whole thing. He, was, was, he was like, is, like, yeah. is this right?
1: Yeah.
3: I have a hot tub, and I'm like, bring it down. Back it up. We're putting it right here. And, You're in the right place, my yeah, man. Yeah, and we filled it with water, and we got it hot. Wow. And, and we got it going in time for the crew to get there. Unreal. And it was just one of those things that... I wasn't, I wasn't a member at the time, and I just needed a day, right. and I took it. And, you know, you do huh. the job, right? And uh, actually, there was a neat moment in that, in that um, because while I was waiting for him, I was out at this river wondering if I was at the right spot right. Right? and waiting for a car, even a car, to pass. <laughs> and I'm standing there, and I heard kind of a splashing, and I turned around, and there was a herd of wild horses what in Kananaskis, like going across the river whoa and there was just this like moment that's like, unreal okay. again the right all spot. the yeah. signs are pointing between that and the sunscreen <laughs> yeah again <laughs> this not is not going to work at the grocery store <laughs>
1: right.
0: yeah um all right so i uh,
1: how I've, I've got a question yeah. how does um The Last Jedi, fix the prequels. Absolutely, it does. It It, It, totally does. It
3: fixes... Not not that the prequels need fixing. But let's... I'm getting. It's getting real. It's getting real right now. Uh, You need to understand. You, Matt... Hey, you need to I understand. A, I have a soft
0: spot in my heart for the prequels, but I, they have a, a lot of fixing to do.
3: There's a little. There's a few little issues. Uh, there's definitely things I would change and, and fix. Absolutely. I was just thinking about that the other day. I watched Phantom Menace like the other day, and I was like, "Oh, I'd change this. I'd change that. Oh, it'd be so good." Right. But anyway, right. I think first of all, there's a very strange phenomenon with Star Wars films in particular, where nobody can. Uh, they can they can't settle the idea of seeing a Star Wars movie for the first time. Right. Because we've the original movies we've seen them
1: so many times. Thousands yeah.
3: of times and we know every musical cue, we know right. every line of dialogue. And Nobody remembers every,
1: really seeing it for the first time. Right. No, not but, many people, yeah. No, not our age. Yeah. And then the people
3: that did it was so mind-blowing totally, in the theater yeah. right. that they were like no movie's ever going to affect right. me like this again. Right, right, right. So you think maybe eight movies in, they're going to be like, <laughs> well,
1: that affected me just like the first one. <laughs> right. No, 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 right. no. Probably it's not, not. going to do that. Probably. And it's, so, it means something different to everybody.
3: Right, exactly. Yeah. And so what I always do with these new ones as they come out is I see them like three or four times in the first three or four days before I even form an opinion. Oh, okay, wow. And then by the time I actually have the energy to form an opinion, uh, I've al- it's already kind of ingrained in me. And uh, unfortunately, Solo, I've only seen it once and it was out of focus. Oh, no. So now uh. I gotta go again and again and again. But um, when it came to the prequels, people were so jarred by seeing Star Wars that they didn't know and they didn't mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. And they're right. you know, it's written for 10-year-olds. It's not a complicated it, it, movie. totally. I
0: think I, I think the Jar Jar hate is makes no sense. That, like that is an access point for new Star Wars
1: fans that, that would yeah, totally. If, if you see the Ewoks and Jedi, they're basically Jar Jar Jr. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Like, it's it's men, a, it's a mean, tool. It's Jar make,
3: Jar yeah. is obviously not my favorite character and he has sure, his sure. his moments of like why is this happening?
0: But he is some people's favorite character when they were when they were new. And this if, was the sure, intro if to you're the Years old when yeah. Phantom
3: Menace comes out, and yeah. now you're 35 yeah. or however many years it's been. Uh, You're like a thousand years old now. Um, the, uh, Jar Jar, also, I always say this about Jar Jar in defense of Jar Jar, mm-hmm. not that I'm here defending Jar Jar, but he was so annoying and clumsy and such a menace to his people. Mm-hmm. They kicked him out of his entire society. Right, right. He it's not like everyone's standing there laughing their heads up, <laughs> you and <laughs> McGregor's down on one knee. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jar Jar,
1: please stop! <laughs> You're too silly. You're killing yeah. me. That's a really good point. I right? had not thought of that. You are—he
3: like, are—you are, you are kind of meant to dislike him. He's the outsider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I blame a lot of the Jar Jar hate on marketing because the marketing mm. guys were like, "There's a fun new character right, for kids. Right, right. Let's turn him into a lollipop." Right. No. 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 Mm. Like this is a guy you were designed to hate. Right. And he performs an important function because eventually he lays down like the War Measures Act, which we all know from our Canadian for sure. history. <laughs> And a for lot, sure. again, that's another reason why, like, the prequels don't resonate in certain parts of the United States. It's like, oh, there's Canadian history in here. There's like huh. Roman. Is that true? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. There's Roman history. Really? There's like how the a republic of, yeah. turns into yeah. an yeah. empire. Is yeah. that interesting for people in the United States? Hmm. Not really. Right. Because right. it's not flag wave and. Just let's break and out those laser swords. Thing. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> right.
1: So. but how, But how does Last Jedi fix it? Save them? So. I I know it does. I'm going to
3: talk very quickly about the prophecy of the force. Okay. Okay. So the force, everyone thinks the force and, and, and Luke Skywalker, Skywalker says it right to Ray. Everyone thinks the force is this power that you can like wield at your will. It's not, it is, uh, it's getting real here. Um, (laughs) The force is it, it's just it's balanced by the universe, it belongs to the universe. Hmm. It, it there's good and bad, and it and it flows and it wop, 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 balances out. Sure, so at these moments in history, thousands of years ago or thousands of years before Phantom Menace, the old republic, yeah, yeah. The, the everything was balanced, everything was good. But then the Jedi started to learn how to manipulate the force and they used it for good. The more they use it for good, the more is available to be used for bad. Mm-hmm. So then, the you know, the Jedi start using it and using it and that creates the, the Sith. Everyone thinks, well, if there's a thousand Jedi, there must be a thousand Sith. But no, the Sith are so bad and evil that there's only ever really two because one person trains one person and then that person kills that person and then they train because <laughs> right. they're just like evil right right and they they can't put together right. a group you know it's like <laughs> trying to figure out where you're going to go for dinner if with, it's the the, with the Sip Lords, yeah. it's yeah. not going to happen. You're not going to end up at Boston Pizza like you would with
1: the with Jedi.
3: So,
0: I, if we can, if we can, if I can alternate a joke in there, I would say the cast of girls. And there's, you know, there's a right. oh, there that's, with that's Kylo and
1: I like it. Oh, right, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 uh, right.
3: <laughs> also, that uh, I'm going to go back to girls quickly and say <laughs> that um, Adam Driver's character on girls for the first like four episodes of that show was a total. Archetype just evil boyfriend, yeah, yeah, and then there's this moment where it switched, and I was like, yeah. "That's the most interesting character on TV." That was an incredible moment in TV, yeah. actually. I think, and, I think and underrated, then, and for all of us to be alive at the time of Adam Driver, <laughs> right. because just everything lucky. that he is in, it's true, blows my mind. From yeah. Patterson to I you, watched, s- you saw Patterson. Oh, I've been weaning to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it's amazing, and then. And then uh, to be able to be like, oh, I'm Kylo Ren now. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on. Yeah. Come on. So, okay, so uh, you got your balance. Yes. Everything's
0: intact. Everything's good. Wait a minute. So if there's thousands of Jedi but only two Sith, does that mean Sith is that, way more powerful? Like, Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Okay. Because, well, yeah.
3: because the dark side's easier and it's sure. quicker. And sure. and you can have more power focused on less people. Okay, that makes and sense. And, and more lightning bolts. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they're able to uh, kind of exist in the shadows for a long, long, right. long time. Okay, well, now, and again, we'll talk about Midichlorians for a minute. A lot of people think Midichlorians were like a scientific explanation of the force, right. and that's not what no? they are. They're not a measuring but, but stick I, of the force. They this all we want is like looking yes, through that yes. microscope. I, I have, have a to a
1: response <laughs> to this too, but just, okay. I'm sure you have the same. The thoughts.
3: Midichlorians are like the jawas they're like the ewoks they're like the humans they're like the wookies they are a creature mm-hmm. in the star wars universe okay and they just happen to be microscopic and living within sure. the cells of all living things sure um you can use the force on a rock or a ship it doesn't require chlorians in it to move it it's not like this connection of chlorians. okay uh, so what do they have to do with it then? Uh, they are force-sensitive creatures. And because okay. there's so many of them, they can communicate the will of the force. Oh. And it's almost like giving a scientific background to like your gut instinct. That's all it is. Okay. So when Qui-Gon says, when you learn to quiet your mind, you'll you'll you know understand the will of the force. Okay. Simple. It's a very simple concept that, that the midichlorians are out there just kind of communicating what needs to happen for the force. Okay. In that communications, in their meditations, they picked up on this prophecy. And the prophecy was that one day a chosen one will come along and bring balance to the force. So in the Jedi's mind, they're like, Oh, sweet. That means we'll win. But in the Force's mind, it's, no, 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 no. That means you'll all die. You're overusing it. And, you're abusing and it. And all the Sith will die. Right. And everything will come oh, back okay. into balance. Right. And so you guys are out there using your Force, doing your Force things. But every time you do that, you're fucking up our shit here. Right, right, right. So the, to get it back to balance, they needed Anakin to come along, which is why the midichlorians created him. Um welcome <laughs> welcome to the phantom menace um so the, wait a minute there was no father there was no father so the midichlorians created that spark of life huh. and and uh, and some people will say oh it was you know sidious did it to no, no, do no, no, this no, no, thing no 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 no, 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 no. no. that's you know there was talk of that like using midichlorians to like like um create life or destroy life or whatever um you know uh there's prophecy of that on the dark side, too. But the idea is they needed this guy to come along to say, wait a minute, I'm powerful enough to stop this all. Right. And his path is exactly that, where he comes along, he's the only one in the end powerful enough to destroy the Emperor mm-hmm. and close enough to him. Mm-hmm. He's the only one in the beginning powerful enough to kill all the Jedi Right. and, and everything that needed to happen to balance it out. But... What happened? What was the big fuck up of the- Luke? Luke survived in the end, isn't it? He's- well, the what what happened was he had children. Oh, right, right, and, of course. Uh, which is why the Jedi <laughs> right. didn't want to train him. Right. Anakin came in, and he already had at the time um, Jedi and Force sensitive people. They popped up all over the, the galaxy, right? Um, and th- there was no bloodline connection to the Force. Because Jedi couldn't have kids. They, they wouldn't fall in love. They wouldn't right, have kids. Right, right. And I was, that's always been the tradition of the Jedi. Sure. I think because it's known that as you as you procreate, you pass that sensitivity and it's dangerous. Right. So but they don't want attachments, right? You can't, oh, that's my kid. I can't kill him, you know? Right. Uh, so they pluck these babies and they train them to have no attachments. Well, by the time Anakin came along, way too Too way too attached Ah. so they're like we can't train him. too old to start the training but then also there's these moments where where like maybe just yoda and mace are like i'm not so sure about this prophecy right we're like yeah we could train him you know he is the chosen one you have to see it well yeah we do see it but that sort of means our demise (laughs) Uh, so they get Uh, and and then they start to understand it more and more by Hmm. episode three they're like oh shit right this uh if we train this guy like or this is if this guy is the chosen one, we're done for. Right, right. And so that's why there's some pushback huh. to him advancing and stuff.
0: Interesting. Um so that Wow, I thought I was a Star Wars fan. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like there are like four major revelations in there for me. Not not for you the, as but yeah, yeah, no, this is all
1: this is all true. true. But yeah, also it's what all it does, my
3: opinion. But
1: <laughs> what it also does though is it casts a light on the Jedi Order as kind of a cult yeah, very much right? so and fixes, just, yeah. it fixes that bit where it's like the jedi are using Metaclorians to measure how how good of a jedi you're going right. to be and it has nothing how to do fast with that you to rise through the ranks um and they're out of control right they're the, they're they're governing and mm-hmm. you know they're they're really they're ruling the galaxy right. and and, and they Luke don't to want to lose that power exactly right. so and for Luke to come called. back and say it's time for the jedi to end From a Star Wars universe perspective, it acknowledges that, yes, that was an issue. We will get to that. We will get to that.
3: (laughs) And that's the thing with the midichlorians, too, is that the you know, this count that Anakin has, that's not evidence that he's a better Jedi. That's not evidence that even Master Yoda doesn't have a count. Well, nobody does. The, 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 the fact that his count is off the charts is, is more evidence that he was created by the McClurians, which is more the, Oh, look, this prophecy could be a thing that's happening. Okay. So now we get to the original trilogy. You've got Luke, you've got Leia and they're screwing everything up. And if you ever want to sit and watch empire strikes back with me, I will point out the path. of leia uses the force way more than luke in she, empire she does doesn't She's she constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. and vader Not, i don't know more but she does use it yeah. vader is f- chasing leia through the galaxy thinking it's luke because he knows know. that luke is out there and he's obsessed okay. with the fact that luke's out there he blew up the death star now i'm gonna go get him He When he gets to Hoth, he goes into the base. He walks right into where Leia was standing. Right. When he gets to, you know, he's chasing the Falcon because Luke's on that Falcon. No, it's Leia. He gets to Bespin and it's like, oh, I've been tricked. Well, we'll use them to pick up Luke. Right. And so then he starts torturing them knowing that Luke will feel that and come to rescue them kind of thing. So I I think – um, that notion that like Leia was never using the Force or never right. trained yeah. in the Force—that's yeah. forget that. That's yeah. man boy garbage. Yeah, for and sure, I, I don't have time for that. <laughs> for sure, and uh, that scene where she where she's blasted out and come like that is oh, oh, fucking amazing I it's it is amazing oh, okay. yeah yeah, yeah. and 100
1: percent legit uh, yeah I, the, yeah uh you can't invent new force powers this late in the game <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not inventing a new force <laughs> not, power. not
3: at all because yeah, all she's doing is, yeah. is is reaching for the the lightsaber while in on hoth yeah when he's in the wampa all, totally. all, all she's doing is bringing the door to her right except that she's in the vacuum of space which and would make it easier, easier. As yeah mass. the ship's not <laughs> yeah. going to come to her she's going to go to the ship right that's all that right. is and you
1: don't think the span between you know jedi and force awakens she's never practiced
3: yeah and talked to luke like, about yeah, it's like they've never and, had a conversation and even about says this says in jedi like oh uh, you know you have that power and you'll lose yeah. you have to uh, use a the desire they worked That's right. on yeah, like come on absolutely come on
0: um okay and then not uh, to mention knights of the old republic like let's not like there's so many force so, powers. And, uh, i don't know if yeah, it's canon well, it's, or not no, but it's, yeah uh,
1: I, I think it might be coming from yeah, canon. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know if that survived we'll the will see. Uh, <laughs> canon smash. I think that's what Ryan Johnson's trilogy is, though, isn't it? That he's working. Maybe. On. Oh yeah. It. I like, I it was. Yeah. 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 I don't know where it is, but
3: uh, yeah. I'm excited for it because I thought Ryan Johnson did a great job. He did do a great Because job. he yeah. talked exactly all about this stuff that bringing the force back yeah. to balance, and, and it and makes sense that final
0: shot where the kid force pulls the yeah, broom yeah. to a, like it, that totally makes sense. That because okay, e- yeah, there again,
3: everyone's oh, a Jedi. It's not hereditary. I mean, Force Awakens, then. uh Everybody was obsessed with the fact the amount of like cousins and people that have come up to me and been like, Raise a Skywalker, who's no, your parents? No, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah. the whole it, point of this, yeah. And that, yeah. and everybody is so tied to the fact that, yeah. oh, you only become a Jedi if your dad was a Jedi, right? But know, for a thousand years, nobody's dad was a Jedi, right. yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, the more Luke trained, the more powerful Snoke got in the shadows, right, and the right, more. Right kylo got strong the more suddenly ray popped up right right right. and so that's that's why i love force awakens tying ray and kylo together with Hmm. such balance yeah because she only exists because he exists right the best line and the best line delivery in the whole saga is you know you're nothing but not to me right and that's the whole point of all these movies is that is that everyone's resting on their laurels of their powers, but it comes down to family and relationships. And that's what these movies are about. And it also, it turns it into a, you know,
1: uh, it turns it into a series for today's generation where, you know, we were, we were hooked on, you know, the, the classic American hero in the Mm -hmm. seventies and the eighties and sixties, fifties, whatever. Um, And that was what Luke Skywalker was. Right. And now we're entering a world where it kind of anyone can be, a hero and anyone you know everybody is i don't want to use special but you know what i mean like everyone's got inclusive everyone's got value and you don't have to be born into something or
3: well i loved rogue one um and i loved how rogue one tied in the weakness of the death star and all Mm -hmm. that. i was waiting for one line that never happened where he where the general says we know about your dad's weakness but it's an impossible shot
1: you oh, can't, yeah, can't yeah, yeah. right. we will never hit that. be yeah. done.
3: Yeah. Right, right, right. Like uh, you know, it's yeah. a two-meter two but no one can hit it. <laughs> right. And then you kind of have this moment of like, oh, but if Luke didn't use the force, if Luke didn't exist, uh, then that would have been ha- indist- right, it right, would have right. been an impossible because yeah. everyone could have taken that shot a million right. times and right. not taken it. Sure. But it wasn't until
1: Well, I mean uh, he did use the bullseye wall prats in T C16 back home. they're not much tr- bigger that's than That's true, three. not much bigger than two meters. Oh wow. Uh so uh so we're taking this he's episode using the force again? in yeah. defense
0: of
3: Jar Jar with right. Cameron Chapman. Right? Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> Jar Jar.
3: You know, okay. In my, in Cameron my Chapman, re- Jar re- revisited, <laughs> in my revisited edit of Phantom Menace, really other than cutting around some antics, you know, uh, Jar Jar antics. I, the only thing I would really change, I, I would give him a different voice and, uh, mm. And I would subtitle him. Right.
0: And, and of then course, we've got to play out the Plagueis, Darth Plagueis when you, theory. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right,
3: right. When you subtitle him, you can change a little bit of what he says. Right, sure. You, you can give him a little bit more of like a character. Right. To sure. him. Or, it was we'll, a little or not just not have
1: true. him speaking a, a language we don't understand that all the other characters do. Right,
3: which it wouldn't which is fine. be like, the, Chewie the does world. it, you know, uh, yeah, it happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, yeah, I wouldn't... Uh, I don't think it would affect the movie negatively right. to not know what Jar Jar is saying, basically. <laughs> well,
0: I'm glad we, I'm glad we covered that. Um, I really am, actually. I have, Yo, uh, I'm here for you. I'm I, here for I, it. I, I hope the
3: audience when it does comes too. To, uh, I, I
1: don't care about the audience; they're yeah. on their own. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, well, anyway. <laughs> and this is why you know you start the question Last Jedi because then you know if people don't care, they just skip. The well, podcast you have the 15 true. second skip true. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, still yeah, skipping yeah, right,
3: right now sure. absolutely they're skipping through all <laughs> of me <Yeah. laughs> I disagree
0: but let me bring it back a little bit before we wrap things up to firstly where can people find out more about you or
3: connect with you social media stuff uh, I'm on Twitter it's uh, at Cameron Chapman all Okay, but you word. don't need more followers you said uh, no don't follow <laughs> don't me follow. Don't, got got don't follow board. that yeah. shit <laughs> oh my god uh, mainly now I'm, I'm just logging every movie and TV show I watch right. and I, I give it a little um, emoticon, uh, oh, a okay. little emoji rating okay. out of five. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, uh, I shoot the shit over on Twitter. You can always reach out to me if you want to talk about the industry or how to get in or how to, nice. you know, things like that. Absolutely. It's an open door policy in that sense. On the DMs on Twitter is the best. Uh, absolutely. Okay. I answer every DM. Cool. Um, okay. uh, absolutely. Awesome. And then uh, I'm on the, I'm on the Instagram machine. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, I okay. do not have Facebook. I've okay. never been on Facebook. Wow. Uh, but yeah, uh, Twitter or um, yeah. That's the way to do it. Lovely. Come down and see me at my office. Right. And, and watch <laughs> Suck It Up on iTunes. Watch Suck It Up on iTunes. Uh, Winona Earp season two right, is right. Uh, coming to Netflix very soon. Season right, three right. starts airing uh, July 20th on wow. Sci Fi and cool. Space. Awesome uh damnation is on uh, Netflix. that's right wow. that's right you worked on damnation I too oh on damn, man oh i damn. love damnation yeah, and I, I was very sad that it didn't get no doubt up. i no don't doubt. understand that yeah decision. i was shocked yeah um they put a lot of money into it no doubt. and it looked beautiful and the story was great and the stories were great and yeah it's too bad i really felt like it was going somewhere yeah and uh, it's funny because they were shooting the
0: Pilot for that show when we were shooting in Plainview. Oh, okay. Uh, and that was one of the many productions that were happening in the black summer hole, of 2016. Black hole, yeah. Where it was really challenging to find crew. Sure. Um, but uh, one thing that we do at the end of every every episode is is a recommendation, um, and we don't usually open oh. it up to the guest. But I'd, I'd like to know what your recommendation would be for for the audience, and and, and maybe make it writer focused because we haven't really talked about you as a writer. It seems like it's a big part of who you are.
3: Yeah. Um, absolutely. I uh, I write all the time. Time and uh, I have a I have uh, a lot of completed stuff and a lot of stuff I'm working on. and, cool. and, and um, I'll I'll give lots of recommendations. <laughs> right, I great. love recommendations. Uh, um, Damnation is great. Okay, um, if you want to watch. I, Watch something shot in Alberta that will blow your mind. Uh, Days of Heaven is a beautiful mm, movie mm-hmm, if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it. I love that movie. Um, I worked on The Revenant. I okay. was in the art department on that. Really? And, oh, okay. um, <laughs> that was different because there was less... Uh, um, it did not feel like a big bloated, crazy budget movie. It felt like an independent movie oh, really? as far as the arts department was concerned. <laughs> right. We were fighting and scraping for every dime. Really? And, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, but he, um, like
0: he's, th- th- did you help build like that mountain of skulls? Did, or did that actually happen? I, it, I saw I that built, in the behind the scenes. I built
3: that with Photoshop oh, and then okay. I, uh, <laughs> and then we built a bunch of stuff and then, uh, other people took it over and, okay, and okay. did it okay. for real. And, wow, then, cool. and uh, uh, we built a church made out of styrofoam, and, and wow, it was wow. gorgeous. Sweet. It, it looks great in the movie. Cool, cool. Uh, we built it without permission from the producers Oh, because really? uh, we didn't have the money, <laughs> and we started building it because we knew they would need it, and yep. then they're like, we need it. We need it in a week. <laughs> it's like, well, good thing we built it. Good thing we started yeah. two weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, uh, uh, other great, I love a show called The Detroiters. The Detroiters, It's okay. on Comedy Central. Oh. I just watched it. Uh, Season one for the second time and season two comes out in June. Very funny show. Uh, Fleabag is one of my favorite shows that's written by um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who plays L3 in Han Solo. Oh, really? And uh, she's also got a great new show called Killing Eve, which is a great show um how do you have the time you have a family and I you're have a family a, how, how do you watch and stuff? i i uh, never sleep i never sleep uh they go to bed and i watch an entire series of a show and then i get up and i go to work it's you know, wow um no i do i, I watch yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of stuff yeah, and and, cool. and especially i've been off for a couple of weeks so i've been hammering Engine, yeah, yeah hammering out the content no nice. it's been good all right. Awesome.
0: All right. Uh cool. Well, one more thing, you do you do you, you talked about as a writer are, are
3: there any groups or any like writers groups or things that people That's interesting. Actually, Jay Filiatro, yeah. dude, uh he started a thing where we would meet yeah. and uh they were, you know, drinking beer and talking scripts. And yeah. that was good, but he's in Vancouver now, yeah. so it hasn't really happened in a while. Okay. I recently went down to Cuff, um, did a great uh, talk. I heard that was great. Um, yeah. I, I'm blanking on her name. Showrunner of uh, yeah, I'm forgetting too. She, she was she was a writer on um, on love. Right. I want to say Rebecca Adelman. Does that sound right? I, that Adelman. That does sound right. Something like yes. that. Uh, she was fantastic, and there was a great group of people. I thought maybe there'd be like six, seven people there. There was like eighty people. Oh, oh cool. Wow. Yeah, it that's cool was one. great, and everyone was. Uh, we took uh, some people's writing and we shot the shit about it and punched up some jokes. It was very comedy oriented. Oh, okay, but it was very, very good. And uh, I'd love to see more of that. And uh, and I've thought recently about organizing something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was through her story. Does that sound right? Uh, her land? Her land? Yeah, yeah. Her yeah. land. Yeah. Her land. Uh, that was through her land. <laughs> right, that's right. So something like that or CSIF, right. I, I was thinking of contacting them. Yeah. And, Getting a group together, and um, because other than the people I know that write mm-hmm. in the industry, it's a very small group of people passing mm-hmm. around scripts. And, and well, let's uh, do it. Let's make yeah, it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I would love yeah. to do that. And so then, get
0: in touch. People will get in touch with you on on Twitter and, and
3: force you to do that. Come to me on Twitter, <laughs> at Cameron Chapman, <laughs> and be like, I want to write
1: scripts too. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. thank you for being on the show. This is oh, yeah, great. Thanks for Sweet. having me. Thanks this so much. Was great.
3: Been. Thank you. All right. Woo!
1: what a guy ah.
0: I learned a lot but I learned the most the Jedi, <laughs> the
1: and, Jedi and, and midichlorians and stuff <laughs> he uh he is one of those guys that uh I don't know it just makes me uh want to be in the film industry
0: yeah yeah he's got he's like yeah he's like totally just a nice guy the purest form of like I just love making movies I just love watching movies yeah and tv and I just want
1: to be a part of it it's great yeah for sure Thanks, Cam, for sitting down with us. I yeah, uh, really awesome. appreciate your time. Uh, okay, let's get into the news you can use. Brought to you uh, every week by Bleeding Art Industries. And uh, they've been giving some hot tips. And this week's tip is about how to get a different perspective by getting outside your regular community. This is great. We talk about this uh, sometimes. Uh, and I think it's, a, it's definitely something to keep in mind. So, take a break from the film scene and check out the goings-on in other industries. The InVentures Conference in Calgary a couple weeks ago is a great example. So, it's called a must-attend conference for creative minds, and it was a sold-out event that brought together research, innovation, commercialization, capital access, experiential learning, and entrepreneurial communities to share and discuss successes, best practices, opportunities, and ideas that will shape our future. So, how does this relate to film, you might ask? Well, uh, I think in the film industry, we consider ourselves a bit of a silo from other industries, but we shouldn't. Uh, there's a bubbling ecosystem of high-tech and digital advances that are going to impact everything we do in film. Uh, exposing ourselves to a different perspective and and industries is critical if we don't want to be left behind. Um, yeah, I mean, can't really disagree yeah, with, uh, with that one.
0: Totally. I'm sorry I missed this thing. That sounds very like a very cool...
1: Con- yeah, it does sound like a cool conference. Um, but there's all sorts of, st- of opportunities like oh, this. You know, this isn't yeah. the only conference. Um, it's just about
0: thinking outside of the... Exactly. And,
1: and that's super true, especially for business. Like, man, I wish...
0: I wish uh, more filmmakers, including myself, would think of filmmaking more as a business. Right. For sure. You know, we, we look at, and I say this all the time, we look at grants, arts grants and filmmaking grants, but like there are business grants available too. You're creating a, an economic product. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No reason yeah. yeah, for sure. Your, your your film career as a business.
1: And, and I think there's, there's, you know, just enough that's different about the film industry that makes us feel like it's totally different totally. from every other yeah. industry but it's kind of it's really not it's, not, I mean, you it's know. really not
0: and 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 it's actually too bad that we're reviewed so differently yeah um in many ways but i mean that's also part of the appeal that we're this yeah. little entertainment
2: for sure oh and yeah anyway, i it. know
0: this is going to be a long episode so i'm going to try to uh, make my stuff quick okay then i'll make my stuff and quick I too we've, we've got another episode we'll call it, soon uh, <laughs> so uh we've talked about this before the nfb filmmaker assistance program if you've got a film that is uh shot or uh near complete you can you can get a grant from the nfb uh looking like through nsi canada or maybe they're posting it um to get funding to complete your film um so that's post-production uh and they're looking for uh canadian perspective type documentaries and films
1: if you've got a film that's no longer than 15 minutes um you are eligible to screen in the Edmonton Short Film Festival. Uh, they're open for submissions. Uh, deadline is June thirtieth. Uh, the, the competition is only open to Alberta residents, with the exception of the new three hundred sixty degree component, which is really exciting. Oh, yeah. If you want to know more about this festival, we just uh, released an episode speaking to uh, the two people who brought it to life. Absolutely. So you should check that episode We're listening out. To it you is for that three hundred sixty degree component for sure. For it sure. Very cool.
0: Yeah. FemWave is a feminist uh, arts festival now accepting applications to their film festival, uh, scheduled to take place uh, across various venues in Calgary from November 15th to 18th, and they are looking for uh, uh, films that have at least one female key creative lead, meaning producer, director, writer. Um, and, uh, they will pay every artist selected, uh, on Carfac rates. Pay artist. Very cool. That's great. So, yeah. Filmwave.com
1: slash apply for more information. Uh, story hive. We talked about this at the top of the show, but of course the documentary filmmaker edition is now open. Uh, the deadline to apply for that is noon Pacific time. So you got an extra hour Albertans, uh, Tuesday, July 3rd. Um, so I would hope that you'd be getting your application ready already. And if not, uh, it's time to get started cause you can get 50 thousand dollars to that's make amazing. a short documentary.
0: I think that's the most, the ratio of like minutes to create yeah. money is probably the best uh, I've ever
1: done. I would agree. Yeah.
0: The Got a Minute Film Festival uh, still open for submissions. They're looking for uh, one minute long silent films of any genre, uh, live action, experimental documentary, creative, nonfiction, or animation. Uh, and it is also open to, I see we say FAVA members, but I believe it's open to CSIF members as well. I was just chatting with someone about this yesterday. Uh, so, uh, because the, the new this year apparently is that they're in, uh, if you don't know this, this is screens happening in the world of transit. Uh, so, right. you know, bus stops station, and you know, train stations, that sort of thing going to play these one minute films as part of this film festival. Cool idea. Great use of these screens and great way to get filmmakers exposure. Now they're bringing it to Calgary and apparently it's not going to be on even more screens in Calgary than, uh, in Edmonton because Calgary has a, a larger train. System. Right, right, so, right. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's true. That's kind of secondhand information. <laughs> I hope that's correct. But check out gotaminutefilmfestival dot com and, and submit your one minute uh, silent film today.
1: Luma Film and Media Media Art Quarterly, which is a quarterly publication, uh, joint kind of um, effort between uh, the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers and M Media in Calgary. Uh, their issue number fourteen is coming out. Uh, in November, and they, they now have their um, call for submissions open. So if you want to contribute something to the, the publication, uh, you can apply by July 15th. There's a $200 honorarium. Uh, you can find out more at lumaquarterly.com We mentioned that at the top of the show, uh,
0: CSIF AGM is happening this Saturday. And the Summer Mixer happens right afterwards. So if uh, the boring old AGM is not your speed, you can just show up at 3.30 to get the Summer Mixer. I believe only members are allowed in the in the AGM because uh, you have to be able to vote. Uh, but uh, if you are not a member, I believe you can attend the Summer Mixer um, and maybe become a member while you're there. And that happens again at 3.30. So uh, meeting is at 2 to 3.30, and then uh, 3.30 onwards is the Summer Mixer. And we'll see you there.
1: If you want an electric... Uh, accounting of the financial statements i'm the treasurer this year and it's going to blow your mind you've never heard a financial accounting report like i'm about to deliver fire holy shit Uh, okay, Deep Website, uh, which is a multi a live multi-channel video and musical performance by Craig Fawner and Matthew Waddell. I'm sure I pronounced both your names incorrectly. Uh, is being presented at Sled Island on Saturday right after the Summer Mixer, uh, June 23rd at 6.20 p.m. at Studio Bell. Tickets are $22 or free with a Sled Island Pass. Uh, definitely something very, very cool to check out and, and interact. It's a 3D experience. It's a whole new thing for your eyes, ears, and brain. So you can check out uh, Sled Island island.com slash lineup slash visual dash art, uh, for more information.
0: It sounds like a very cool sensory, uh, uh, experience. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a workshop coming up, uh, being instructed by Nova, Amy or Ami and Velcro Ripper, uh, called Met- metamorphosis workshops happening both in, uh, Calgary and Edmonton. Um, going to be, uh, happening in Edmonton at 10 a.m. on, uh, what's the date? Did I already say it?
1: Uh, you, hmm. Did not. Calgary
0: on Thursday, June 21, and Edmonton on Saturday, June twenty third. It's going to be at the Hillhurst United Church in Calgary at 3 p.m. and the Metro Cinema at 10 a.m. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a workshop. Uh, well, I don't know that much about it other than to say that it's uh, uh, a session inspired by their feature documentary, Metamorphosis, and rooted in the coaching for transformation model. As well as filmmakers' lived experiences. Um, what I can tell you is Velcro Ripper is like has done some really cool stuff and was the I mentioned it last time mm-hmm. um, keynote speaker at March Madness one time and totally impressed me um, and has some really amazing documentaries. So. Uh, check that out you can find out more um, in at the link in the show notes
1: when uh when you and i were, were making the feature film in plain view mm-hmm. through the telefilm micro budget program uh which will be released this year for sure <laughs> um we needed guns because it was a guns movie yes yeah. and uh and we'd never made a movie before um with guns in it and so you know i was asking around who, who do i talk to about about you know getting some fake guns in this movie, the answer was always Greg Ock. Mm-hmm. Greg Ock mm-hmm. got to gotta talk to Greg. He's the he's the firearm expert, uh, and he is instructing a firearm safety level one course. Uh, so this is through IATSE Local Two One Two. It's happening in Calgary on uh, July seventh at nine a.m. Uh, and it's a f- single-day course that provides an introduction to firearm safety for the entertainment industry. So you'll you'll chat about safe working practices, legislative requirements, um, and it's vitally important for those involved in supervising, planning, or working on projects involving firearms. So this is recommended for production managers, actors, technical directors, stage managers, uh, props department, dolly grips, boom operators, cam ops, and still photographers, and assistant directors. So there's you know a wide variety of uh, of people who can definitely benefit from this course. It's only $40 for the day, and again, that's happening on July 7th. You can find it more at iatc 212com Scott, have you ever mixed pigments before? No. <laughs> no? Well, <laughs> should I have? Well, actually, I, I, I really suppose I, I have. I was, in, I was in art in high school, oh, okay, and I right, painted. Great, great. I was mixing pigments. Well, and
0: I know you're, you've are you been interested in color theory, and you've recommended some resources. Uh, yeah, I've been hooked at.
1: on it lately, for this sure. This is
0: a workshop that's happening from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on the uh, 8th
1: of July. July. Uh
0: all about color theory and being instructed by Gail Kennedy and kalina Conrad. Um so this is all about covering additive light and subtractive pigment color theory and it's open to anyone who deals with color, color correcting and wondering how your effects might look on screen. Very cool. Um, yeah, so it's like it's like, you know, maybe it's makeup, but it's also effects and learning about color theory in general is is cool for anyone. Anyone, yeah. wardrobe to- It's storytelling. It's, yeah, it's a way to absolutely. tell your story, yeah. So uh, it does say here, hands-on experience, so participants should be prepared to mix pigments. Oh, so boy. Bring your pigment mixing gloves, and it's $20 for members and $40 for, for permittees. Uh, so it appears like that it's only open to IATSE
1: folks, uh, but you can find out more at the link in the show notes. The CSAF is hosting a summer media arts camp, which Matt has attended in years past, and we've talked about. Uh, This is with Yvonne Abuso. And it's happening, uh, there's one in July uh, for the week of July 9th, which is the Monday to the 13th, which is the Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day. And there's one happening in August, Monday, August 13th to Friday, August 17th. Uh, And it's kind of a week long course that introduces youth ages 15 to 18 to the filmmaking process. So over the course of that week, you'll learn the basics of taking a movie from script to screen. It's hands on, it's collaborative. Uh, lots of stuff to know about that. Um, Three hundred twenty dollars for CF, CSAF members, students, and for non-members. So same price for everybody. Uh, you can check out more at csaf.org uh, and and just find out all about that.
0: So you said you mentioned it's the start of summer uh, right now, and uh, oh, it does mean something. I guess it does yeah. mean something. Which, well, I mean, which is you know, this is when you shoot in Alberta, so right? It should be our, our busy time, and it's good to see that we have four different productions happening concurrently right now, which is cool. Uh, Red Eye from June five to twenty nine. Uh, Tin Star going uh, until August third, and Black Summer until September twenty eighth, uh, starting uh, July sixteenth. Though I, I know there's prep already happening, mm-hmm. and of course Heartland running uh, all the way until September twenty eighth as well. So uh, very exciting to have all those productions certainly um, at, at those you know higher budget levels, and then a ton of you know great Story Hive stuff happening as well. Oh, absolutely. I know that uh, I think there's the the web series Summer's Monster is happening is already shooting right now as well um so that's kind of a big i think nine or ten day shoot as well so and a bunch of uh story hive uh digital
1: shorts so busy busy summer busy busy indeed if, if you want to get on a set this is the time to do it um so don't don't delay reach out on your local csaf slack group <laughs> that's right yeah or uh to the faba community in edmonton uh or any local filmmakers that you might see on facebook um to get are on we, a set are we already done we are done that was it. We flew wow. through that. We did. We did that good. Fast. We did good. Uh, but we're we're into the recommendations yes. section. Yes. So um, we're making a comedy film. This next one. It's a mm-hmm. crime comedy. Yeah. And I feel like I've got the crime down, but the comedy. You know, I'm reading the script the and I'm like, uh, I'm like, I don't know if this is funny. Right. Right. And uh, and I was like, it's because there's no jokes. Ah, and I was like, this joke. this needs more jokes. Well, I think physics. It's you know, there's there's something to be said for physical comedy and you're, you're getting ahead of me. Oh, yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but in, in, the best way. So I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know if this is going to be a funny movie. Um, so I was like, I was going through masterclass and I bought the masterclass annual pass Right. and it's the, it's the price of two masterclasses and you can access all of them. It's like, it becomes a Netflix for yeah, learnings. Awesome. Um, so I went, I, I've recommended the Ron Howard teaches directing before because it was absolutely amazing, so I was like, "All right, I'm off to Martin Scorsese's. I'm going to go check his out." And as I'm scrolling down to find his, there's Steve Martin teaches comedy, uh-huh, and I was course. like, "Oh, comedy! All right, I'm going to check it out." And I can just watch it because I, I got the annual pass. So that in itself is a reason to get the annual pass. Nice, nice. So I, I, uh, I want the Gordon Ramsay cooking one too, like that, like yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, you, sh- yeah, you should check it out because yeah, yeah. anyway. So I was like, I'm not sure what I'm going to get out of this, but I'll check it out anyway. And it was friggin incredible oh. i'm not going to cuss here because i great. hope that everyone will be listening to this part <laughs> um and and it, that was exactly it it was uh, you know it's just it provided me comfort that it's like oh yeah right I, I know this but it's comedy's not just jokes right there's a lot more to it right um and it was it was mostly just kind of him sitting and chatting he had a little bit of workshops but i watched the whole thing um pretty much back to back and it was awesome Cool. And uh, I'm going to go on to Scorsese's next if I can make it there without tripping on something else. But right. uh, yeah, so my recommendation is the annual pass for Masterclass because um, it's amazing what you can learn. I, I gave it to my mom for her birthday recently. Oh, nice. Christina uh,
0: Christine uh, Christina Aguilar. Christina. Aguilar. Right, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to recommend a board game, a uh, board game, uh, not even a board game, a video game uh, that uh, I've been playing recently called Factorio. What's that? Uh, it is like, the premise of the game is that you... Have crash landed on some planet which is rich with resources, not, not developed. Uh, and you must basically go through the entire, you know, industrial and space age revolution to get off to, to, and yeah, build a <laughs> ship and, and, get off. and it, it's fascinating and super fun. And it's like roller coaster tycoon, but without all the people and right. And having to and, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally, yeah. Totally. And you can just build your perfect factory that mines, you know, steel and ore and copper and, and uranium. what do you, what do you play it on? It's, it's on steam. Just oh, okay. On, on the on computer. The yeah. 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 So uh, it's uh, it's
1: super fun. That yeah. sounds addicting. I had a, yeah, I had yeah. Blast. yeah,
0: it's uh, it's been cool, and and you have to do research to get to the next. Right, level. of course. And uh, and then of course, aliens invade. Course. Oh, do they really? Oh, that's <laughs> amazing.
1: Yeah, it's there's war. An, yeah.
0: There's a you know undeveloped alien race that doesn't appreciate the pollution you're creating. Oh, of course, uh, on their planet. So they attack you. Uh, randomly and of course they grow stronger so you have to keep up and right like of course research better weapons and things like that to defend your and they'll just decimate your whole you know factory
1: lines and everything. <laughs> you, the way you're looking right now this has happened to you <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's a thing but uh, but you're the alien that's true Not you're them. absolutely right yeah you're you're uh
0: you're and you're polluting their planet god damn it the, the, they have every right uh, and then you kill them <laughs>
1: Uh So uh, that Very is cool. my recommendation. I like it. That's fun. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening, uh, for sticking with us for this one. We know it was a long one. Um, and, of course, thanks to Briar, Chad, Britt, and Seth, uh, with whom without them we would not be podcast. That sentence was killer i think it made sense to me though i whom without them we would not be podcast which is true i mean it is true it, is true. it doesn't make sense but who cares and uh, we
0: say this every time but remember this podcast is for you so please do reach out if you've got anything going on in your world that you'd like uh, the community to know about we're trying to uh build this hub of uh, of filmmaking knowledge and and um updates and news and jobs uh so let us know uh
1: or and they, they just, yeah, they can they can find us at uh, they can reach us uh, through email at hello at abfilmcast.ca or of course they can find us on Twitter Instagram Facebook SoundCloud it's all abfilmcast uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, and share this podcast mm-hmm. with a friend mm-hmm. um, we still find pockets of people who have no idea what the hell we're talking about for sure the for sure. the what the yep. yeah <laughs> the, oh the Alberta filmmakers podcast oh and then they're like oh my god I'm gonna listen to this because uh, it is handy um and it's uh, I think kind of the only one that. We're the only ones that do it the way we do it. I'm just going to say that. Because there are some other podcasts by Alberta filmmakers. Oh, yeah, for sure. For but sure. Uh, but they're different- mo- they're, they seem to
0: mostly be about... Movies and watching movies, right? Which yes. Is great. That's yeah. super cool. For sure. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I did I ever tell you this. There, there was a podcast called uh, Robocop versus the Nazis.
1: Uh, we've talked about yeah, it. I don't know if we have
0: yeah, talked about yeah. it on this podcast. And, uh, well, and they they kind of stopped doing it before we even started it. But I kind of like messaged one of the guys who uh, who did it and said, I know I'm kind of stepping on your toes a little bit. And he was like, no, go for it. Um, and it was more like about filmmaking in their their community. I think uh, in Edmonton, uh, just between the you know the, the hosts of the show. Right. Um, but they would talk about grants and things, of course. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think it's the only thing like this going
1: on now. So um, thanks for listening. For sure. Uh, so here's a final word uh, from our last sponsor, the Alberta Post Production Association. And after you have listened to that, go make something.
3: The Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is proudly sponsored by APA, the Alberta Post-Production Association. APA represents technical and creative professionals working behind the scenes in editing, sound, and visual effects. Our members live here in Alberta and support producers with expertise in picture editing, color grading, graphic design, compositing, audio post, music scoring, and so much more. For more information about post-production, visit APA online at albertapost.org.